One time I might have mentioned, if not before, that one of my favorite board games to play is Monopoly. There's times as a child we would go to other people's houses to play the game. And we knew the game took a long time, so we would leave the board set up at different houses. We have like a couple games going on. At one person's house, we got a game going on. Another person's house, we got a game going on. Oftentimes, since we kept the same pieces, you know, everybody wanted to be the hat, the thimble, the car. It, it, we knew who we were and where we landed in our property. We knew how it was. And oftentimes, many of us had the same strategy in the game. At the time for us in our age, uh, New, New Jack City came out. And so therefore, we had our own, you know, projects that we claimed. Uh, like, he had, like Nino Brown had a total takeover. So if you want the slums, you took, the t- you took that first row. You took, you took Baltic Avenue and them, and then you took New York and all them. You bought them, and we just went broke. We used all the money because we knew we did the math up. We were smart. We said, all right, I'm caught up. So I became Nino Brown. Like this, I'm taking all the crack houses. And so what happened, they, they, they you're going to cross go. And so I'm going to get money the first time around, so I'll try to break you at the beginning of the game. That was my strategy. I had another person. He, he didn't care about those properties. He liked, to, he liked to get on the other side. So he wanted New York. He wanted Tennessee. He wanted all those properties. So he, he'll give you anything. He'll give you a railroad for free. He'll do whatever he wants. He'll give you a monopoly on a railroad so he can just get his property. That was his plan. The other one, you know, he wanted Park Place and Boardwalk. He wanted to be rich. He was always first one out the game, but he wanted those properties. And, and so we go for it. So we had our strategy how we want it because we know to win the game right you had to make the other person bankrupt and so the one who had the most money what won the game but yet we will brag about how we won the game and beat one another and then what we'll play again and and here's what i want us to grab is that what we do in life is something like monopoly we we try to gather as much as we can to say we won the game but you understand, when the game is over, what happens? It all goes back in the box. Uh, let, let's think about this for a moment. How oftentimes we fight over stuff that's only going to go to the landfill. Families break up fighting over who gets the flat screen TV when it's only going to end up in the landfill. How, how many of you have seen boxes and TVs out there on the curbs on garbage day? Yeah, yeah. We fight over it. We, we have fights in the family room over who going to watch the TV, who controls the remote. And then later on, you see that same TV out there on the curb because you got something new inside the house. Uh, we, we think that if I can acquire something, I become the winner But what happens is that we don't own our possessions, but they own us. And so what ends up happening is that we end up holding on to these things, and it locks us down, and we are unable to move forward because we're chained to what we have. That's why if you ever watch some of those shows where they're trying to help people redo their house and help those who have been Hoarding too many things, what do they often do? They got to give away or throw away the stuff. And, and what's happening there is that when you give away or you throw away, it liberates you and makes it easier to let go of the next thing. But you first got to let go. Tell your neighbor, you first got to let go. 
And so remember we're talking about the treasure principle, the joy of giving. And in order for me to know the joy of giving, I first got to give. <laughs> so you got to let go. And so once we understand giving, it moves us into the place to realize that if God owns everything, it's not mine to hold on to. And if he owns everything, I might as well be a good steward with what he has given me. And so it's not about how much I can gain and how much I can possess and how much I can own so I can brag to say my pile's bigger than your pile and then it all will just go somewhere else. When the Bible reminds us, store your treasures where? In heaven. And hallelujah. So we understand what? I can't take it with me, but I can Send it ahead. And so what happens that we get roadblocked in sending it ahead because we forget where our home is. Tell your neighbor, earth is not your home. Uh, if, if, if you know earth is not your home, then you know I got a home somewhere else. And if you have a home somewhere else, don't you want to furnish that house? <laughs> Don't you want to be ready so when you walk in, I want you to understand here that Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. (laughs) I want you to know that he has a personal invitation for you. He says, in my father's house. Help me preach to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, Jesus says in his father's house there's room for you. Tell, tell your neighbor, in my father's house there's room for you. See, see, Jesus wants you to know that I, I want you to be where I am. <laughs> uh, quick quiz, where is Jesus? Mm, he's with the father in heaven. Where are we right now? On earth. So this is not our home. If we're supposed to be somewhere else, hallelujah, we need to understand that I should not be locked down by the things that are here. I should be able to set free. So one glad morning, when this day is over, I, I fly away. <laughs> You'll be looking for me, and one day I'll be gone up in heaven where no one can put me out. Y'all, y'all understand that? That's why we sing those songs knowing that this place is not my home. That's why we don't call them funerals, but call it a home going service. Persons going home. I, I would like to be at my address, but they got a better address. Amen. Glory be to God. And so when we understand that, then we understand then why am I allowing greed to block me from joy? True wealth is, is, is found in the Lord and not on earth. So we need to seek the kingdom with a generous heart. Uh, notice here for our text today, and found in the gospel according to Luke, uh, uh, as we read it, notice that there was a person that came up and said, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. 
I want you to highlight here that Jesus is teaching kingdom principles here. He was talking about the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And then a person got excited because Jesus was around. He said, hold on, let me ask a question here. Teacher, notice he came to him and said, I'm going to recognize you for authority and a, a moral person that can help settle a dispute I'm having with my brother in front of these witnesses. So if you say it, I can make it have weight so I can go back and tell my brother he needs to go ahead and do what the teacher has said. Notice again, Jesus is teaching about kingdom principles, but he came only thinking about earthly things. Let me encourage you today that don't don't come to church thinking about earthly things. Y'all quiet on me. Had a few that said amen. Some of y'all just still, I don't know what he's talking. Let me help you out. Don't, don't come to the church trying to find out how God can prosper you here on earth. Notice how the person came and says that I want to be wealthy right now. Uh, Jesus looked at him. Look, look how Jesus looked at him and replied in verse 14. He says, man or friend in living translation says, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that. Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. See here, this man's greed limits his view. Remember, we talk about keep our eyes on eternity. This man was not living for eternity. He was living for right now. He was basically saying, like, I want it all today. I, I want it now. He misplaced to realize that Christ was talking about eternity. He was talking about what's going on right now. He lost, he lost the vision that heaven is my home, not earth. And so he came to Jesus asking about what did not matter. Y'all see that there? It, it did not matter because Jesus was not concerned about his man's possessions, but he was concerned about the man's eternity. Y'all see that there in the text? He, he noticed how this man was sidetracked and looking at the wrong things. He told him to be aware, to be on guard against whatever kind of greed. We need to be mindful that we get sidetracked with stuff that does not matter and make that become our focal point and we miss the big picture. And, and think about how it tells you, right, how you ought to keep your eyes on the road, they try to encourage you to not to be distracted while driving because all it takes is just for a few seconds off the, off the road and put back on the road. Somebody might be in front of you. A car might have pulled in front of you. And next thing you know, you have an accident because you don't have enough time to react because that time you would use to be react, you took the time to check what was going on. And so we need to realize that I gotta keep my eyes on. I can't get distracted. If the enemy is gonna try to throw things, try to distract you, such as greed and who can get the most. Don't get caught up with how the world makes you think success is by how much money you have. Jesus was concerned about the about this person and the crowd's eternity, not their possessions on earth, but yet their eternal possession. 
So we need to realize that God is not concerned necessarily with how much wealth I can acquire here on earth, but he is concerned of how much I am putting towards heaven. Seek ye kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so here it is, this man's measurement was wrong. We need to use the correct measurement. Notice what it says, a a, a man is not measured by how much he owns. This moves Christ to tell uh, this parable. He says, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? Don't I have, I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wealth and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, uh, uh, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Jesus gives the moral, the, the moral of this parable. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Help me tell you, don't be a fool. Because Jesus made it clear, a fool is a person who stores up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Life is not measured by what you own. I, I know this world has it fooled up because they, they measure your life. But what's your bank account? What's, what's your zip code? What's your address? They measure how much you have given. And the world gets caught up with monetary needs. But yet, notice what the Bible blesses. The Bible blesses the poor. I got a few with me. Uh, the Bible says, blessed are the widows and the orphans. The Bible says, blessed are those who are hunger and thirst. I, I want you to understand, the Bible blesses the weak. I, I, I don't got a few with me. Let me, let me help you out. Uh, you don't find the Bible blessing the wicked. I got people mad at me now. I, I want you, if you look closer, you look closer. The Bible says, God reigns on the just and the unjust. Alike. It doesn't say he blessed them alike. I wish I had one more witness that could see what I'm talking about here. You see, God blesses the obedience. He opposes the proud. Y'all making me work a little bit hard. If I get a few more amens, I can move off this point. I want you to grab here closely here that God is not looking about who got the most. He's looking who wants him the most. And if you want him the most, then you are free of the bondage of this world saying, Lord, take everything. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. You understand that this earth is not my home, so it's not matter how much I have here, but it does matter if I have you in my heart. It does matter if I believe in you and I trust in you, because I guarantee somebody when you are dying on your deathbed, you won't be asking somebody, take my bank account you'll be saying somebody touch my life give me something of hope give me some some peace you won't be saying can i get a loan for one more thing you'll be looking at i want to know what's going to happen next 
I, I've been to a lot of deaths. I've yet to see someone die. Ask me, can you check my bank statement? But I heard him talk about Jesus. I, I heard him saying, it's well with my soul. I, I heard him say, make sure my children know who he is because I'm going off to a place and I want them to be there. With, I heard people have their eyes on eternity. Not concerned what's going on. The children not fighting over the wheel. They're fighting over all the other stuff. But Jesus told that little man, why are you concerned about that? Don't get caught being greedy. See, see, the, the awareness that we need to be mindful of, that we get caught up, that we want to stay with the Joneses. You know how the saying goes about the rat race, right? You can win the race, but you're still a rat. So who want to be a rat? Hello, somebody. Uh, we, we, we get caught up that we want to be like the Joneses, and so when they go broke, you go broke too. We need to realize that we want to be God's children. And so God's children are not concerned with what's popping on social media, but we're concerned about what's going on in the heavenly kingdom. I, I, I'm so glad that God had, has Wi-Fi that never lose connection. All we got to do is just surrender to his will, and you've got a direct connection, and, and it's always a good signal. Hello, somebody. It's never broken up. So all you got to if you want to know his will, say, Lord, here. I am. And then God can use you. And so when we allow God to use us, we realize that it, I am his. And he is mine. And this world will pass away. So I will be on guard of my selfish reasons and my, my own lusts and desires. And Lord, what is your will? Because you know what greed does. Uh, greed leads us to love money. We know the love of money is the root of all uh, evil. We need to be careful that we cannot get caught up trying to choose, to, to, uh, choose and serve too many. Master. We either love one or you hate the other. So if money becomes your master, then money will be your master. So how can you have a clean heart and pure heart? We got to surrender to God. Be on guard of the wickedness that's around us. The, new, the treasure principle talks about another key for us. So the first key, I'm sorry, the third key I, 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 I mentioned to us is that heaven is our home, not earth. The fourth key talks about that we ought to live for the line and not for the dot. What he's talking about, if you ever plot a line, you start with the dot, and then you make the line. And, and if you ever study in math or you work in architecture, it talks about how the dot has an end, but the line never stops. And so when you put the arrow at the end of the line and not another dot, it suggests that that line continues on. So what I want to highlight to us that we get caught up with the dot. This life is going to end, but there's another life that is going to continue. And we get caught up with the end, and we're not thinking about what's going to go on. Tell your neighbor, there's a future. And so we need to be prepared for the future. Don't get caught up trying to live for today and essentially trying to get everything for today. Because you don't know what tomorrow may hold. So it's better just to trust God today more than you can trust yourself today. See, see, when we get caught up with greed, we're trying to get as much as we can right now because, you know, that's why people are fighting in the grocery stores or water bottles, all those things. Because we're so concerned about today, not realize you need water as so much as I need water. 
Hello, I got some people that are not catching on what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah, you need water as much as There's no need to fight, but some people went overboard. They bought so much water just to store up because they wanted it all for themselves. But when you are thankful and, and generous, you'd be like, hey, we can split this pack. Because I understand that if you survive, I, I might need you one day. You might be able to help me out because you had just enough water to come out and rescue me. Hello, can I get one more witness here? To understand that when we look out one for another, we can be there for, but when you want to be selfish, you're going to say, I got the most. Generosity moves us to be thinking about others. Because we understand that we don't own anything. Tell your neighbor, I don't own anything. I hope you're not lying because you understand that Job tells us that he says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you understand that we came in with nothing? You will leave with nothing. But yet you might wake up to something. Because he says your labor will follow, your rewards will go. Come on, I wish I had one more person. God got greater things over in heaven. I, I know some of y'all want some, some designer, some name brand, some other stuff. But God's going to give you something a designer can't make. A, a, a quick preview of what God can make. It says while they were in the wilderness for 40 years. I said 40 years. I said one more time, 40 years. They had shoes that did not wear out. I wish I had one more witness that could shout, amen, thank you, Jesus, because I know for a fact many of you got shoes that didn't last 40 days. But he gave them 40 years of some flip-flops <laughs> that, not, that didn't get out rotted and rusted, uh, that was able to go through some sand, some mud, some water, and they were able to survive all the conditions. Uh, and they had some clothes, some garments that lasted some 40 years. Mm, mm. It says a lot. Think about how you got clothes that you can't fit 40 years ago. And God gave them clothes that lasted. Hello, somebody. Who <laughs> glory be to God. It's amazing when we look how God can provide for us that we don't need to worry about providing for ourselves. And so the roadblock comes from us that we don't want to let go of what we already have. If you want to be set free, giving is the only antidote to materialism. And so once you start letting go, it makes it easier the next time to let go. Once you, once you donate the first time, it makes it easy the second time. Once you served and helped out in a soup kitchen the first time, it makes it easier the second time. Once you've gone out and visited a sick person the first time, it makes it easier the second time. I want you to grab that. Once you start giving, it gets easier because, you see, the joy it puts on somebody's face, the peace you get in your heart. God will bless you when you are doing the work he's called you to do. Tell your neighbor, he's a keeper. And so when we give, it's a joyful surrender to a greater person, to a greater agenda. Because I'm working towards heaven. Heaven is my goal. I want to remove the roadblocks of greed and wealth and trying to handle my own situation. Because look what the parable says. The parable tells us this man was already wealthy and he got more wealth. Y'all quiet on me. 
It says he had, fertile, he had a fertile farm, y'all. I mean, a fertile farm, and he was doing well. If y'all understand what it means, that means he always had good crops. He didn't have no bad days, some lean times. No, he had fertile ground. And, and, and one thing, too, let's let you know about farming, that the ground does not depend on the farmer. Sometimes farmers just find good ground. Regardless how good of a farmer you are, if you got bad ground, nothing's going to grow. Let me help you out. Go ahead and plant seeds on concrete. Let me know what grows. You can blame the seeds, but it's the ground that's the problem. Come on, I wish I had one more witness. And so the farmer had good soil. Who made the earth? The Lord, <laughs> the earth is the Lord's and the food is there. So God gave this man great ground that allowed him to have great crops, but all he was saying, well, how can I keep it for myself? He got so caught up that he had what we call the bigger barn center. He said, these barns aren't big enough. Let me tear down what I do have and make bigger ones so I can store everything. <laughs> he didn't say how I can store extra so I can give to the needy. I can bless the farmer that doesn't have as much as they need. No, no, he said, how can I keep more for myself so I can kick back? I can retire early. I can sit back and relax and watch everybody else suffer while I'm sitting back saying, it's not my fault. I got it made. What happened right then and there? He became a fool. Y'all see that there in the text? But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night, and then who will get everything you work for? You see, be careful. Don't get caught up saying, because I work for it, it's mine. God can point out real quick, you never had possession of it in the first place. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Uh, understand this, that it'll either leave you or you will leave it. Uh, it won't always be around. And sometimes, as you know, you watch it go out your house. Onto the curve, realizing that it was good while I had it. Things that break. I, I, I know some of you have gone through the situation, right? You have your, your smart device, and then it cracks or it gets broken, right? And they tell you about the insurance, and the insurance costs just as much as a new phone. You say, I might as well buy me a new phone. Y'all quiet on me. Y'all ever had that experience? And so here it is, right? We understand that you will replace easily the thing that you first loved, Right? You had it everywhere you loved it, took care of it, then when it became broken, you'd be like, I got to replace this. We want to hold on to stuff on earth that's easily replaceable. We lose relationships, we get divorced, we have fights, we have divisions, we have wars over stuff that's replaceable. But God has reminded us and telling us that do not fear those that don't have control over your life, but fear the one that can put you in heaven or hell. And the only one that can put you in heaven or hell is God himself. I think we need to pay attention. God, I will do what you've called me to do. So I, I need to use the correct measurement tool. The correct measurement tool is not wealth, but yet it's my relationship with God. He says that, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Remember what he says, that a, a, a person is not measured by how much they own. Your possessions may own you, and you think you own them. But yet, if you remember what Paul reminds us in Romans, he says that, I am persuaded, I am convinced 
that nothing can separate us from the love of God. What says telling us that if you belong to him, I, I wish I had one more witness. If you belong to him, nothing can break you away from him. I wish I had a few more witnesses I could testify that it's good to know who I belong to. Because if I belong to him, you can take everything. You can take my house. You can take my cars. You can take my clothes. But as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody. And that what the song says? As long as I got King Jesus. As long as I got King Jesus. When we know that we are his, it does not matter what everything else is. The world can tell you that you don't have a penny to your name. But you can say, but I got Jesus. <laughs> the world can tell you that you may not live to see tomorrow. You can say, but I got Jesus. I, I want us to grab that seeing this world does not matter because there's going to be a new heaven and a new world. So all of this is going to pass away. And we're going to see something. So when we understand, we can let go and be free. So how, how do I measure my relationship with God? This is how you measure your relationship with God. You read his word. Y'all quiet on me. You, you, you know, in order for you to measure a room, right, you got to find the right tool. And so you got to use it. So if you are measuring by inches, then you measure by inches. If you're going to use meters, then you measure by meters. So you can find out what it is that you are doing. So you want to know the length and the width and the breadth. You have to use the correct measurement tool so you can get the correct stuff to build. Well, then you need to use your Bible. And just as you got to find the correct metric, because sometimes you have tools that measure in inches and some measure in metric. Well, you need to find the right chapters and the right verses. You want to know how to love your neighbor? Well, start in the Gospels. <laughs> I, I guarantee they will help you measure are you loving your neighbor. <laughs> and when you start getting to the part that says, when you love your neighbor, you're doing good. You say, well, I'm, I'm so far. Check. I've I got great measurement here. But when it says, do you love your enemy? You say, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I need to work on this tool. Uh, I need to pray for my enemy. I need to bless and, and curse not. Uh, 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 and then you start working on forgiveness. You see, when you open up God's word, it helps you to measure and saying, God, uh, I see where you want me to be, and I see I don't measure up. And then you realize how great his grace uh, and his mercy is towards us. And, and you start realizing that I'm so grateful that, God, you love me enough that you'll work in me with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, I will be on guard against the enemy because I want to be rich with you uh, in heaven. So I'm going to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. And so therefore you want to store your, your, your treasures in heaven and not on earth because you want to be rich with God. God is more concerned about our eternity than our wealth on earth. That's why that man was, was sidetracked. He was concerned about wealth on earth. Christ is telling him, you need to be concerned about your eternity. God wants us to have a rich relationship with him more than we have rich wealth on earth. And so we need to remove the roadblock about how I can try to get as much as I can on here and realize I need to give it away. So we must surrender to the Lord and let him guide us so that we can give 
as much as he has given to us. Giving is a joyful surrender to the greater person with the greater agenda. Remember I said it earlier. Look at Luke 12, 33 and 34. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes, which means it won't lose your money. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Whatever you treasure, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be awesome. You see here that when we give, it affirms Christ's lordship in our life. It dethrones ourselves and exalts him as our Lord. It breaks the chains of greed that has easily enslaved us and give us the spirit of liberty and surrender before God. You look at verses 33 and 34. I want you to grab here that this is the summary of the parable he gave to his disciples. Look at verse 22. He says that, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look look, look what he says here, that God rather give you the kingdom. Mm. Look at verse 32. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. I, I wish I had one more person I could say amen. God wants to give us the kingdom. And then notice, in order for me to get the kingdom, I got to let go. You notice after he says he'll give you the kingdom, he tells you to sell your possessions. And he's mentioning this to the disciples to encourage them because they already left everything that they own. To travel Jesus outside of Galilee to all the different places and living in different places for three years. I I know some of us, we leave our houses for like three weeks and we can't wait to get back. Three years they left their job, their employment to serve for something greater than they can ever comprehend. That's how great the kingdom is beyond our understanding. And so the robot to giving is that we want to hold on to what we know and not trust what we do not know. I read about heaven, but I can't say I actually know about heaven. But one day we're going to figure it out all together. We're going we to see what those pearly gates really look like. Because if you like me, you got an imagination like I have an imagination. You see different things like I see different things. So I might see a pearly gate looking one way, you might see another way, but we're going to find out together what they look like. We're going to see together what the tree of life looks like. You see one tree, I might see another tree, but we're going to see the tree together. Oh, glory be to God. We're going to see water. We're going to see what the water looks like coming from the throne. That's the water of life. We're going to see it together. So here it is that God wants us to understand in order for you to live the best life you want to live for him, you've got to surrender your life to him. can't live it for yourself. You can't live it for the city. You can't live for the weekend. You can't live for somebody else, but you got to live for him. You have to live for Jesus. And so notice what he says that he wants to give us the kingdom. And look how he gave us the kingdom. He gave his son. 
He gave his son. His son gave his life. He defeated death so that we might know eternal life. So don't, don't get caught up with the die, but think about the line. Heaven is my home. Earth is just a place I'm traveling through. And so think about the places you travel to. When you travel to different places, right, you take some things with you from home to take them back home. Because the goal is that you know that once the travel is over, you got a place that you can stay. I want you to know that this is the place that you're just traveling from. And there's sometimes that when you go back home, you can only take the stuff that can go with you. Because there's sometimes if you travel out of the country, right, they're going to ask you, what do you have to declare? And you're going to have to declare, and they're going to let you know, you can't take this stuff. You can stay here with the stuff, or you can go back home. Your choice. But you can't take the stuff with you. Y'all quiet on me. Some of y'all haven't traveled out of the country. <laughs> let me help you out. They're going to let you know there's certain stuff they let you bring. But certain stuff that got to stay in that country. You can't bring it out that country. You got, it got to stay here. I want you to understand, there's some stuff that you're trying to hold on to. It can't go with you. And so here it is, the same truth for our spiritual life. You're trying to take some stuff. It can't go with you. You might as well let it go and say, God, uh, let me just come on through. And when you, has anybody ever tried to go through the airport and let you know in order for you to get through, you got to take off your jacket? You got to take off. So here it is. You're like, I'm going to take everything off. Whatever I got to take off so I can get on that plane and get over the glory. Here I'm trying to let you right now. It's time to give it up. Whatever you're trying to hold on to, let it go. And really, I got a place over there I'm trying to get to. This stuff is holding me back. If I got to take off my shoes, if I got to take off my socks, if I got to take off my belt, glory be to mercy. If I got to go into another room and they got to give me another search, as long as I can get. I want you to let, let you know that all you got to do is just let go. Say, Lord, here I am. Have your way. So remove the roadblock. And just surrender and say, Lord, here I am. I freely give to you what already belongs to you. And just trust that God will provide for you. Because you saw that if you go back and read that parable, he says that Solomon, all his beauty was never adorned as beautiful as these lilies of the flowers. It says that the ravens don't make any bars, but God provides food for them. So don't get caught up that you don't have enough. If God can provide for the raven, which he did not die for, will he not provide for you? I close with this. I remember this story. I love this story. And I, and, and I was out sitting in talking to uh, Deacon Whitelow out in the hot sun. And it was so hot, the air conditioner was working overtime. Since the air conditioner was working overtime, the condensation was coming out the pipe. Since the condensation was coming out the pipe like a waterfall, like a fountain, we watched a squirrel go up to that pipe and started drinking water. Deacon and I looked at each other and said, God can provide for that squirrel. Water on a hot summer day from a pipe he did not make, 
a place he did not build, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God will provide for us. When times I can't provide for myself, I know he can make a way somehow. I'm so glad that God can make a way somehow. Good God from Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify that God I know. You'll make a way. I give to you what's yours. Because you can make water come out of a rock. If you can feed a squirrel, I know. So let go. Mm. And let God lead us in the way. Lord, we surrender to you.